Welcome back to Tailgate Till May. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm ready to talk some more college football as we head into week two. But first, a reminder, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. And if you like the show, we'd love if you leave us a five-star review. So I am here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for week two. I'm trying to set the record for most places you can do a podcast over a six-week or so time period. We've been in Chicago. We've been in Maryland. We're now here in Philly. I'm in Philly for a wedding. But don't you worry. It's a Friday night wedding, so I will be catching all of the week two action on Saturday. So let's get right into it, and let's start with Friday. Friday, not a game I'll be watching, but for sure a game I'll be betting, and that's UCF as a six-and-a-half-point favorite taking on the Louisville Cardinals. And I mentioned it last week in our Week 1 recap show. Right away, UCF minus the points at the time. It was five-and-a-half. was a number I really liked. I was super impressed with UCF to start the season. Quarterback John Rice Plumley got off to a fantastic start for the Knights. He had 86 rushing yards himself. He was graded out by PFF as the number four quarterback in all of FBS football in week one. So a fantastic start to the season offensively for UCF. And on the flip side, Louisville looked downright bad against Syracuse last week. Malik Cunningham, a guy I love at quarterback for Louisville, who came into the season with a lot of hype, had just 155 passing yards on 16 of 22 passing. He had two picks, he lost a fumble, and he was sacked three times. The second half was really all downhill for Louisville. Offensively in the second half, they went punt, pick, pick, fumble, turnover on downs. Syracuse had 5.2 yards per carry against them. I mentioned UCF. Plumley himself, really successful running the ball last week, uh, 86 yards. But as a team, six yards per carry. I like the matchup there. UCF's running game against Louisville's run defense. And I think going down to UCF, it's a big game for them. Anytime a, a P5 team comes into town, that's a big game for UCF. Give me UCF. If you can get it at five and a half, great. But I'd play it at six and a half as well. You're going to hear a lot of chatter about buyback on Louisville this week. And that was kind of a fluky game. I, I'm not buying it. I, I think they are a team that's kind of been on the brink with a tenuous coaching situation with Scott Satterfield for a while. And, you know, Starting off the season like that, I think there's an opportunity for them to just kind of go downhill real quick. On the flip side, Gus Malzahn now at UCF, Plumlee showing out to start the season. I think they're on the upswing again, so give me the Knights, minus 5.5, minus 6.5, whatever it may be. Wouldn't go above 7, but 5.5 for 6.5, you're good to go. Let's move on to Saturday and the noon slate. So before we get into all this, I'm going to say, I think... The plan for this Saturday is if you need to do some things during the day, go out and do some things and and make sure you get some rest too because the real big good games of the day that I'm looking forward to watching are actually late at night. So we'll get to those as we progress, but I just want to call that out early. Those are the games that I am most excited for. Noon game, noon slate. On TV1 for me, I would make it South Carolina going to number 16, Arkansas. I, I choose that over the big Alabama at Texas game. That's the one that people seem to be excited about. I'm just not that excited about that one. I 
fully expect Alabama to go in there and stomp them, but it, it certainly is going to be a learning moment for Quinn Ewers and an opportunity to see where he's at, what start Steve Sarkeesian has built there. I just don't find Texas that interesting. I I just think there's a lot other more interesting things going on in college football right now than than the Texas Longhorns at this moment this season. So, you know, if this game was next year, maybe two years from now, I think it might be a little more interesting. I just don't think Texas is quite there yet uh, and can compete with Alabama. To be quite frank about it, they would be a middle to bottom tier SEC team right now. And Alabama pretty handily defeats those teams on a week-in, week-out basis. So I'm not that interested in this game. So for me, TV1 is a current SEC matchup. South Carolina at Arkansas, and I am betting this game as well. I am betting the Razorbacks minus 8.5. I did not think Spencer Rattler looked great last week against Georgia State. Georgia State is a team I like, but with all the hype around Spencer Rattler and being, you know, talk about being able to take South Carolina to that next level. He graded out as the number 99 quarterback by PFF. Not very impressive. On the flip side, Arkansas looked really good against Cincinnati, especially defensively where they had three sacks and eight tackles for loss. I think that's a huge mismatch in this game is the Arkansas defense against the South Carolina offensive line. Last year, South Carolina had a really bad offensive line, 96 nationally in offensive line run push and a hundredth in pass protection sack rate. So huge mismatch there. And then on the flip side of things, Arkansas had five yards per carry on offense last week against Cincinnati, South Carolina last year. That was a real weak spot for them stopping a run. They weren't efficient in it. They gave up big plays. Uh, they didn't get in the backfield. So I think there's a bunch of mismatches here and that's why I'm betting Arkansas minus eight and a half. I am still interested in this game, though, because it's a, a conference game. It's a chance for us to see, okay, can Spencer Rattler rise to the occasion going on the road and taking on Arkansas? How good is Arkansas? Because in the SEC, you have to win these games week in and week out. And they won a big game last week against Cincinnati. Now they got to come back and do it again against against South Carolina. I anticipate this game being a lot closer than that Alabama-Texas game. So that's why it's TV1 for me. But give me the Razorbacks. I hope it's not too close. Razorbacks all day, minus the eight and a half. Elsewhere in the noon time slot, another game I'm interested in watching is North Carolina going on the road to Atlanta to take on Georgia State. So we raved about that North Carolina App State game last week. Brian and I both loved it. One of the most fun games of the day. So for me, anytime Drake May is on TV now, it's a must watch. I want to see him. I want to see that North Carolina offense, and I want to see what they have to offer. Georgia State lost to another team that we just talked about, South Carolina. It was 35-14. Georgia State had a 14 to 12 lead in the second half. They had two punts blocked in that game, but they outgained South Carolina 311 to 306. They won the yards per play battle 4.5 to 4.3. So they really played South Carolina pretty even. Again, another reason that I like Arkansas in that game that we just talked about. 
Georgia State is a seven and a half point dog in this game. I am not going to take this one with the points. However, this is going to be my first leg of my weekly money line parlay. I think Georgia State has a chance to pull that upset. The odds uh, right now are plus 235. That's what I'm seeing it at. So I, I like that opportunity to throw it in your money line parlay. I wouldn't be opposed to taking Georgia State. The only thing I'm a little bit scared of with the points is that North Carolina's offense can score real quick, as we saw last week. And I'm just not quite sure that Georgia State's offense is going to be able to keep up with it. I think the recipe for Georgia State here is not that dissimilar to what Notre Dame tried to do to Ohio State last week, where they control the pace, they slow the game down, make it more of a of a defensive grind. And uh, I just get a little bit nervous about North Carolina hitting a few explosive plays and Georgia State not being able to climb out of that hole before you know it. You know, it's... 10, 17 point game and they played them close, but not close enough. So I I like it better in that money line parlay scenario, but that's definitely one I'll be watching because for me, Drake may is must watch TV. Moving on to the three 30 time slot game. I have on TV one for, for this one is number 24, Tennessee going on the road to take on number 17 Pitt last year. Two of the most explosive offenses in college football. We know Pitt's philosophy has changed, but they still showed some pop in that opening week one Thursday night game against West Virginia. So I think this should just be a fun one, good one to to sit back and watch. If you forced me to choose one way or another, I think I'd take Pitt plus the six and a half just because I feel like these teams are pretty evenly matched and I don't love a Tennessee team laying nearly a touchdown on the road I don't think Tennessee has earned that right quite yet to go on the road and and lay a touchdown and feel good about taking them so if forced to to bet one way or another that's the way I would go but I'm just looking forward to sitting down and, and watching this one honestly hopefully we'll see some fireworks like we did last year on TV too another game where I'm hoping to see a lot of fireworks that's number 25 Houston Going on the road for the second week in a row against an in-state rival. This time it's Texas Tech. And this is a game where Houston's looking for a little bit of revenge. Houston lost to Texas Tech last year. And Tech looked good in week one. They beat Murray State 63-10. to Of course, an FCS opponent. Anytime you can put up 60-plus points, it's a good thing. They did have some bad news in that game. Starting quarterback Tyler Shug. What went out with an injury. He'll be out for a couple weeks, but they did have a competition throughout the spring and fall and backup Donovan Smith, I think is more than capable of stepping right in and performing well in that Maurice State game. He performed quite well uh, when he, he came in. He was 14 of 16, 221 yards to the air and four touchdowns. Not a bad performance by any means. So this should be another fun Texas showdown, Texas shootout, and this is a huge game for Houston. If Houston can make it through these two non-conference games on the road in state, I think it's really going to power them through the rest of their season. And this game right now, you know, even though Houston might be the better team, they they are a dog in this game. Texas Tech is a power five team. And I think this could kind of get the national conversation started about Houston. If they can pull this one off where they won that tough 
fun game last week that kind of made people raise their eyebrows a little bit, but still kind of a fun G5, G5 game. But going on the road and beating Texas Tech, I think will raise even more eyebrows and give them that momentum to stay in the conversation throughout the rest of the season. And then on the flip side of this, for Texas Tech, there's a really big game too. Joey McGuire, we talked about a lot in our Big 12 preview. Brian and I are both excited about what he can do as the head coach of Texas Tech. I think people down in Lubbock really excited about what he can do as the head coach there. The 63-point performance in the opening game, that's that's Texas Tech football right there. High-scoring, high-scoring offense. And for them to be able to get a win over Houston, again, a really good G5 team, a ranked team, soon-to-be Big 12 rival, in-state rival Houston, I think that could be huge for them. So I think the winner of this game gets a huge boost of momentum as far as perception goes, as far as how the fan base is feeling. Again, another one I'm just excited to sit down and watch and see what kind of fireworks we come up with. And then the third game that I'm going to be watching in this 3.30 time slot is App State going on the road to take on number six, Texas A&M. From a betting perspective, I can't bet it at this current number. App State is plus 20 and a half, but I was really looking at that first half line. I was hoping to find a nine and a half or 10 number, and I can't find it anywhere. I've seen it 10 and a half everywhere. I can't take App State at that number, but if you can find it at nine and a half or you can find it at 10, I'm sorry, let me apologize. I am looking to take AM minus nine and a half or minus 10 in the first half. And if you can find that number, take it because I like Texas AM to get in, get out, handle business, and move on to Miami. I think that full game number is too big because they have that Miami game looming. So I think Texas AM can take care of business in the first half. App State coming off that super fun, emotional shootout against North Carolina. It's hard to get up like that two weeks in a row, especially going on the road against a team that has all these physical advantages, all the skill advantages. Uh, you know, I've, I've liked to poke fun a bit at Texas A&M so far this year, but Jimbo Fisher has recruited amazingly well, and I think there's just a big, big talent gap between a team like Texas A&M and App State. North Carolina had that leaky defense that App State was able to expose last week. Texas A&M does not. So if you can find A&M at minus 9.5 or minus 10 in the first half, i jump on that. I, I think the minus 20.5 for a game may be a bit high just because they, I, I, if I had to imagine, they're not going to show a whole lot in the fourth quarter if they have a big lead. Might get some of the backups in there because they do have that matchup with Miami looming, but that should be uh, another fun one. We'll see if App State can replicate what they did a week ago where they got up for North Carolina. Uh, my hunch is they're not going to be able to, though. Okay, not betting any of those games, but I do have a couple bets around this time slot. This one's actually 2.30 Eastern, and it's Marshall plus 20.5 at number 8 Notre Dame. So I just talked about getting up week after week. And Notre Dame, starting the Marcus Freeman era, went on the road to the horseshoe and I think put together a really impressive performance. I think that's that's what Brian and I both thought. That's kind of been the perception nationally this week is that Notre Dame 
was impressive defensively going into Ohio State. Uh, they had a good game plan. It was a solid effort, but they came up short, and there's no shame in that. But now they got to come home, and they got to regroup, and they have a Marshall team coming in who's really pretty good. a good team. I bet on them to win the Sun Belt this year. I, I think they have a, a good chance to do so, and I think that 20-and-a-half is, is a number that I can live with. Um, college football... We talk a lot about college football from a numbers and stats and matchups perspective, but so much of it does come down to momentum. Uh, momentum is maybe a bad word. Emotion. Can you get up for a game? Can you bring your your full energy and focus to a game? And then can you make plays? And I would not be surprised at all if Notre Dame has a bit of a hangover uh, coming off that Ohio State game. And I don't think you need to look much farther than week two last year, Notre Dame at home after an emotional win over Florida State. They beat Toledo 23-20. to I think Marshall is just as good, if not a better team, than, than Toledo, certainly. And then going back to 2018, Notre Dame, that's a year they went undefeated in the regular season, made the college football playoff. Week two, after a big win over Michigan, come home, and they beat Ball State 24-16. to So there is certainly precedent for this. I like Marshall, plus 20.5. Obviously, if you can get it at 21, snag that if you see it anywhere. I haven't seen it anywhere at that, so 20.5 for me. The other game that I'm liking, and it's one you're going to kind of have to hold your nose and, and bet if you're following me here, is Iowa minus 3.5 hosting Iowa State. So famously, Iowa scored seven points last week without scoring a touchdown. They had two safeties and a field goal to get to that seven against an FCS team. And it was gross. It was gross. There's no doubt about it. But my question to you would be, what do you really expect from the Iowa offense? If you liked Iowa at all going into this season, it wasn't because of their offense. It was because of their defense. And I don't think much has changed in that regard. A week ago, according to SP+, before week one, this line would have been over seven and approaching 10. These two teams had very different week one results against FCS teams and things change dramatically I don't know if they should have changed that dramatically where it's dropping from a nearly 10 point spread uh, to now a, a three and a half point spread Iowa has owned this series they've won six in a row they're at home I like them to bounce back hold your nose and do it uh, I'll go with the Hawkeyes minus three and a half moving on to the prime time slot there's a couple games I want to talk about together because they're all about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. So first at 7 p.m., we have number 20 Kentucky going on the road to the swamp to take on the now number 12 Florida Gators after that big win over Utah last week. And we have number nine USC going on the road to take on Stanford at 730. And this game is all about quarterbacks. Both of these games are all about the quarterbacks that you can see. So at Kentucky, you got Will Levis, who is being talked about as, as certainly a first-round pick. Anthony Richardson of Florida, we talked about ad nauseum last week. One of the most electric, fun players in college football. A guy that's rocketing up 
NFL draft boards. USC, you have Caleb Williams. And then at Stanford, you have Tanner McKee. And that's a guy who maybe he doesn't hasn't produced quite the results and certainly not the wins that the other quarterbacks that I just talked about have, but he's a guy that is really well-liked by the NFL people. He grades out really well from a, a pro football focus perspective. So if you turn your TV on tonight, or on Saturday night at 7, 7.30, you turn to either of these two games, you're going to see a bunch of potential NFL quarterbacks, guys we could be watching for the next 10 or 15 years in the NFL. That's what I really like about these two games. I also like something else about that Kentucky-Florida game. I think this is the big chance for Florida to establish themselves as, hey, we are the number two team behind Georgia in the SEC East. And it's weird because for so long, Florida kind of had that that right to be at the top of the SEC East right there with Georgia for many years better than Georgia. But it was kind of like Kentucky was the team that would have to prove they could overtake Florida. And I think things have now shifted where, to me, Florida has to prove it that they are actually a better team than Kentucky. Kentucky has proven over the past several years that they are consistent, that they're going to get some things. They're going to get things done. They're going to win big games. And Florida's kind of done the opposite. So I think there's a big chance for Florida to prove it coming off that big Utah win. There was some concerning things for Kentucky in week one. They did not run the ball very well at all against Miami of Ohio. We still don't know the status of star running back Chris Rodriguez. And they suffered a, a running back injury in that game as well. That's that's pretty concerning. I, I, I'm not going to lie there. However, I think Kentucky has earned the benefit of the doubt. They, they've earned it over the past few years that they are a team that is consistent and that will get things done when it matters most. Florida has not yet earned that right to me. I think five and a half is a little high here, but I am not going to bet it that way. I am going to include this in my money line parlay. Florida needs to prove to me that last week wasn't a fluke and they can come out and do it again. Kentucky has shown me over the past couple seasons under Mark Stoops that they can come up big in these types of games, that they will do what it takes. They will grind it out. I think it would probably be a low-scoring affair, and I think there's a great chance that the Cats can come out with the victory, especially you're looking at a money line of a plus 184. So that is going to be my leg number two in the money line parlay of the week. And then other games I'm betting at this time, just one other, and I'm going back to the well on a team I talked about a lot last week, and this is going to be the Oklahoma-Kent State game. I'm going under 72.5 for the game. So SP Plus projection has this at just 65. Uh, Last week in Oklahoma's win, they threw just four passes in the fourth quarter. I talked ad nauseum on last week's show about how I really liked the Kent State under team total against Washington. Unfortunately, it didn't hit. I can't remember what I gave it out at. It was jumping up and down between like 17 and 18, 17 and a half, 18 and a half. It just went over at 20. 
But I think it proved the point once again that for all the talk of Kent State's explosiveness and that offense, they really don't score against these big power five opponents. I like Oklahoma to roll in this game. I like them to be up big early, and that's where overs go to die, especially at a number of 72 and a half, especially if Oklahoma is going to take their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter like they did last week. So give me under 72 and a half in the Oklahoma-Kent State game, and then let's move on to late night. I got to get that, maybe get some coffee, maybe some five-hour energy, maybe some Red Bull vodka. I don't know, but I got to find a way to stay up and watch these games because I think the game of the day is Baylor, number nine Baylor, going on the road to Provo to take on number 21 BYU. That's a 10-15 Eastern time kick, and this is a game featuring two future Big 12 rivals in Baylor and BYU. This is a game where if Baylor has college football playoff aspirations, which I think they do, they need to go out and win this game. Go on the road, get this done. This will tell us a lot about what Baylor's ceiling is for the season, I think. And for BYU, they might have a little bit of revenge on the mind. This was a a team they lost to last year in the middle of the season in the midst of a really successful season. Baylor was one of just two teams they lost to. They lost to Boise State and Baylor in back-to-back weeks in October before finishing out a 10-2 campaign where they essentially won the Pac-12 South. So BYU, I think they, they won a little bit of revenge here. BYU is a team that everybody always sleeps on. It's seemingly no matter what. Even last week, I heard a lot of chatter about USF uh, with the points. USF, maybe even a money line play. Well, what did BYU do? They went down to South Florida in all of that heat and humidity, which I kind of thought might be a factor too. It might stop it from being a blowout. And they won 50-21. to BYU just seems to consistently consistently be there no matter what and I think much like Houston going to take on Texas Tech this is a game that for BYU is really important looking forward just from a vibes perspective from a from a going into the Big 12 they want to prove that they belong and there's no doubt that beating Baylor the defending Big 12 champions would prove to the world that Once BYU moves into the Big 12, they're not going to take a backseat to anybody. They're going to be right there competing for conference titles. And I I think that's a really important thing for them. So I expect that to be a great atmosphere. I expect it to be a great game. I am not betting this game. Brian was liking Baylor uh, at first glance. I don't know that I, I feel so great about that. I just don't have a good feel for it. And you know what? Sometimes when you don't have a good feel, the best thing is just to sit it out. You don't have to bet every game. you got to bet the games that you feel good about. So for me, I don't feel great on this game either way. I'm just looking forward to watching it. Game of the day for me, I would watch this over Texas and Alabama any day of the week because I think one's going to be an absolute blowout and this one's going to be close and competitive. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching this one from Provo. The other game at this time slot that I am 
really looking forward to watching and also really looking forward to betting is Oregon State going on the road to take on Fresno State at 10.30 Eastern time. I have two bets in this one. I am going over 60.5 on the total. Fresno State didn't appear super impressive offensively in a opening week win over Cal Poly. They scored 35 points, but they did score touchdowns on each of their first three drives to start the game. They had drives of 63, 93, and 75 yards. They were, were pretty efficient to start the game. And I, I'm willing to bet that it might just be a case of they got up 21 nothing early, kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit against a, a Cal Poly team who was just quite frankly, way out of their league. But they also gave up a few explosive plays in that game, and it makes me think that there is room for some fireworks in this one. Same thing from an Oregon State perspective. Even with their 34-17 win against Boise that got uh, Hank Bachmeyer benched, their SP plus a defensive rating went down after the game. We talked about it on the Pac-12 preview. I was looking for opportunities to take Oregon State overs early in the year. There was some talk about an improved defense. They did force a bunch of turnovers against Boise State, but turnovers can be good for uh, an over as well if it, if it leads to easy scores. So I, I still think there's a chance. I, you know, we talked. They talked a lot about. There was a lot of talk about Oregon State improved defense. I don't think it's all that improved. I think both teams are susceptible to giving up big plays. I think both offenses are efficient and can produce big plays. So give me that over 60 and a half. I am in on that. I'm also liking Fresno State on the money line. It's bump, it's uh, bumping around a little bit, floating around a little bit. Minus 105, minus 108. I think either's a a fine number. I just think Fresno State is a little bit better on both sides of the ball. I like Jay Kaner at quarterback better than Chance Nolan. And from an analytics perspective, SP Plus has Fresno as a four and a half point favorite in this game. So, you know, I, I think there's a clear advantage there when you look at it. And then Again, talking about getting up week after week, this is a huge game for Fresno. This is a game they can get up for against a Pac-12 foe. Well, Oregon State just had a huge game against another Mountain West school last week. Can they get up for that two weeks in a row, especially when Boise has really traditionally been the team that a Pac-12 school should fear? And of course, Fresno has had the good years themselves, plenty of good years, but I just find it hard. I, I, I It seems difficult to believe Oregon State is going to be able to get all the way up for this two weeks in a row, especially going on the road to Fresno. So give me Fresno State in the money line, and that will also be the last leg of my money line parlay. So I have Georgia State money line plus 235, Kentucky money line plus 184, Fresno money line minus 105, which comes out to plus 1757, about 17 and a half to one for my money line parlay of the week. I'll recap all my bets here. So I am in on UCF minus six and a half, Arkansas minus eight and a half, Marshall plus 20 and a half, Iowa minus three and a half, Kent State, Oklahoma under 72 and a half. 
Oregon State, Fresno State over 60 and a half. Fresno State money line. And then once again, my money line parlay of the week for a half unit. Georgia State plus 235. Kentucky plus 184. Fresno minus 105. I can't wait for another week of football. Enjoy the games this week, everybody. And until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.